0: Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today we're turning our focus on leadership derailers and we're grateful to have Kedrin Crosby back. Hello. Thank you, <laughs> hello. Kedrin, the first question I wanna ask you is foundational. Why is this focus meaningful to you? Tell me about
1: that. Oh my goodness, it's a story. <laughs> so in the early nine, in the early aughts, um, I was CEO of an organization in Lancaster that was charged with livability in the city, and. I, uh, was a leader. I was Mm -hmm. the CEO and, and I feel like I kind of went off the rails. (laughs) You know, it was a very stressful few years for me. It was a complicated time, lots of contentious work that we were doing, pushing the envelope in all kinds of ways, had two little kids. Um, and, and I remember, Googling, which still existed back then um, in the dark ages, Googling all kinds of words like burnout, uh, stress for leaders, all Mm. of these phrases. And I could find no helpful resources, yeah. So eventually, I I resigned and wrote a book about burnout, and uh, but it was a very difficult time for me personally and professionally, and and I kind of feel like I went off the rails. Yeah. So I spent the next fifteen years um, learning more about how to help other leaders not go off the rails, how yeah. to keep them on the rails, how to give them concrete tools that would help them manage stress, um, learn how to control impulses, solve problems when emotions are involved, be sufficiently courageous and independent. So so that's my story. <laughs> wow. So yeah,
0: sometimes these things really do come out of pain, don't they? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. The strengthening, <laughs> the crucibles. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let me let me just clarify. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean by leadership? derailers how exactly are we defining this
1: yeah so so we practice emotional intelligence we use the psychometric tool uh the eq through multi-health systems at work wisdom and so in a nutshell what emotional intelligence is is it's how you perceive and express yourself it's how you build and maintain interpersonal relationships it's also how you cope with stress and it's how you see emotional data and then weave it into how you solve problems. So so that is really what emotional intelligence is. It's much more um, correlated with your success in the workplace than is IQ. And so we use the leadership derailers that come directly out of the psychometric tool, the I EQ, leadership EQ. Okay. So there are 15 concrete skills that comprise emotional intelligence, which we're able to measure with validity and uh, reliability. And so four of those 15 concrete skills are highly correlated with derailment. And so the four skills that we really focus on are impulse control, stress tolerance, problem-solving, and independence. And, and okay. I can further define those if yeah. you're interested. Would you want to hear yeah, more about sit. those? Okay. So um, so when we're talking about impulse control, we're really talking about one's ability to tap the brakes, to wait until cooler heads can mm-hmm. prevail, uh, wait until there's more data. And, and then Act. So you're really inv- you're avoiding rash decision making okay. and impulsivity. So that's that's one of the derailers. Another would be uh, stress tolerance, and we see this all of the time with with leaders who are at risk of going off the rails. Right. Um, so stress tolerance has to do with how they cope with, uh, stressful, difficult situations, how many tools they have in their toolbox for managing stress, either the kind of just coping mechanisms or the kinds of tools that take them to the root of Mm -hmm. the stress to ameliorate the stress. Um, Another of the concrete skills that we consider derailers is problem solving. Now, this is problem solving when emotions are involved. And this is the skill that's most highly correlated with um, successful physicians. So we have to be able to read emotional content within a problem and then uh, properly weight it, not let it hijack the Mm -hmm. whole situation, um, but honor it and then weave it into how we come up with a solution to that problem. And then the fourth derailer is independence. So as a leader, it's, incredibly important to be able to step out, execute on decisions, um, maybe not be overly beholden to what others think of us all the time. Sometimes we can't be liked. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have to be self-directed. And so independence is really key to being a high performing leader as well.
0: Wow, this sounds like such gold for a leader to know what the derailers are. So what are some concrete practices, tools that you would say could help an
1: organization, a leader, move the needle on this? Well, you know, over the years now, almost decades, I've been coming up with many, 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 many (laughs) many tools. Uh, I would say in terms of impulse control. I have a, a tool that I share with our clients that seems to be very helpful and maybe it would help our listeners as well. It's simply this idea of tapping the brakes. Yeah. So it's, uh, and, and I teach people to use their foot to <laughs> pretend that they are tapping the brakes, whether they're in a meeting, um, and they're about to say something that feels impulsive. They can tap the brakes with their toes. Um, using the pause practice in order to, uh, not press send, on that email, yeah. <laughs> that might send them off the rails, um, not say the thing in mm-hmm. the meeting that yeah. they will regret forever and ever. Yeah. So, so I would say that's a concrete practice around impulse control, physically tapping the brakes with your toes. <laughs> Nobody has to see it. It's under the table, um, using the pause practice in terms of stress tolerance a tool that I think is really helpful is, is this, it's almost like a matchmaking game that I, I like people to identify some stressor that they experience at work. Mm -hmm. And once they have named that stressor, I also like them to think about what tool they have in their toolbox that mitigates that stress. So, I joke about having two levels of your toolbox. You know, the top level of your toolbox are just the coping mechanisms that help you get through that stressor. So without judgment, (laughs) it might be that glass of wine. It might be calling your best friend and talking to him on the phone for an hour. Online shopping (laughs) seems to work for me, you know? So um, all kinds of stressors, taking a run, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stress reduction tools. But at the bottom of your toolbox, you have the the particularly powerful tools, right. and those are the ones that go to the root of that stressor right. and and manage it, and maybe even pull it out by the yeah. roots. So, learning how to say no, <laughs> uh, learning how to avoid character disordered people yeah. and clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are all kinds of ways that we can learn how to go to the root of that stressor, identify what we're feeling, use it as the gold mine so that we can turn that situation around for good. Um, the, the next one there, problem solving, when emotions are involved, I think it's wise to be able to learn how to read the emotional content in mm. any problem. Mm. So we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and sometimes... When I start working with people who are of German descent, like myself, <laughs> and I talk about uh, emotional content in a problem and and seeing it and weighing it and using it, um, they will say, Kedrin, I have worked for years to scrub all emotional content for my decision making. So I'll joke around about, you know, how did they buy their last car? Yeah. All of our professor clients, they all drive Volvos. <laughs> all of the environmentalists, they all drive Prius. There's often emotional content sure. in how they solve a problem. So the key is to really be able to um, see it for what it's worth, not allow it to take up the whole pie, yeah. but just one slice of the pie. Sure. Um, and so learning ways to, to read it and then weave it into the problem solving is helpful. And then the last one there is independence. Um, so I, I think learning how to build courageous leadership, fearless leadership, uh, helps strengthen our ability to execute decisions, um, in an independent way. So learning how to be both interdependent, but also knowing when we need to be fearless, usually understanding what our purpose on the planet is, understanding Mm -hmm. what our values are, Mm -hmm. that, um, is strengthening for us and allows us to be even more independent.
0: We can only really change ourselves. And sometimes that's that can be pretty challenging. What one practice would you encourage our listeners to adopt for themselves that would most significantly Im- improve uh, how they lead yeah. and avoid these derailers?
1: Yeah, I feel like a broken record that I'm always saying grow in self awareness, but yeah. without being an introspective leader, you will not evolve. Is my is my opinion. Mm. And that's my experience. So there are many ways to grow in self-awareness around our relationship with these derailers, these common derailers. Of course, first is is learning what the common derailers are, Um, then learning what our own usage is around these skills, these derailer skills, um, we can do that in a variety of ways. One would be growing in self-awareness. It's, it's a pretty quick thing to take an assessment like the EQ and learn about our usage of these particular four skills that are correlated with derailment. Uh, another would be practices like journaling, In journaling, uh, if we have a practice, a daily practice like morning pages that uh, Julia Cameron encourages us to do in the artist's way, where we write in cursive three pages every day, we'll start noticing our usage around these derailers. We can go back and reflect on what we've written and see patterns. We can use 360s. Uh, 360 assessment where we're getting feedback from people all around us, those who, who are our leaders, our supervisors, our peers, people who report to us, um, our husbands and wives, Mm -hmm. our friends even, but asking for honest, authentic feedback around how we show up as a leader can be wildly important. We use a constructive 360 yeah. which is different than a lot of the 360 results that we've we've watched come come through our office in the past. I also think just asking Very casually for feedback all the time Mm. from people around us can be better. We know that we're more receptive to absorbing feedback if we're the ones who have asked for it. Yeah. So, I think it's best, you know, maybe rather than hire some firm to come do a 360 on you, what if you could create the kind of psychological safety in your organization Mm -hmm. where you can say to your peers and your boss and your direct reports, hey, How am I doing on this? Mm -hmm. You know, do you have any advice for me about how I could show up even better in terms of my decision making, um, how I could improve? What am I doing well already that I should really just expand?
0: That's great. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping others in the workplace to enhance their individual and collective team performance. Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist, and we hope you'll subscribe. Download our next episode. We're going to dive into psychological capital so that we can become better versions of ourselves. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy WorkWisdom Press and productions, ask questions, and give suggestions of topics you'd like to explore in future episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with One Minute Wisdom by Anthony DeMello. This is called Tribulation. Calamities can bring growth and enlightenment, said the master, and he explained it thus. Each day, a bird would shelter in the withered branches of a tree that stood in the middle of a vast deserted plain. One day, a whirlwind uprooted the tree, forcing the poor bird to fly a hundred miles in search of shelter till it finally came to a forest of fruit-laden trees. And he concluded if the withered tree had survived, nothing would have induced the bird to give up its security and fly.